Awesome. How good was the youth band this morning? It's always kind of... Like, I, I see the, the background conversations to them organizing that, and I'm always, like, believing and trusting that it will come together, but I'm always like, I don't know, how, how is this going to work? But you, you guys did an incredible job this morning, and yeah, I, I just believe there is so much more for you guys as a band, so, so much more. Awesome. You guys are looking good. I, I feel like summer's been good to you. You, you look tanned. You, you look like you've had a, a nice rest. Diane's saying she's not tan. Everyone else looks tanned. <laughs> how, how are we all doing? You guys doing great? I, I can't believe that it's already been two weeks uh, since summer camp. We, we had an incredible time at, at summer camp this year. Um, God just moved in, in such a powerful way and, and impacted all of our youth's lives. Who, who wants to hear a couple of funny stories before we get into the serious stuff? So I, I drew the short straw of looking after C3 Rotorua's boys, um, and I kid you not, I had maybe eight hours sleep, and, and that is not a night, you know, that would be nice, that's over four days. You know, I, I would wake up with um, heart palpitations in the middle of the night as these teenagers were like all sneaking out of their cabins. I, I remember one night they, um, I caught them sneaking out and they were like, we're off to prank Pastor B. You, you're either for us or against us. <laughs> and, and I was like, I'm against you. Get back into your cabins. Um, and, and, and throughout the whole camp, they just wanted to prank the whole time. You know, I, on the, the first morning breakfast, this um, Rotorua boy, he, he looked at me with this um, stupid kind of grin on his face, and he's like, I'm looking forward to pancakes this morning. And I'm like, what are you even on about? Like, we, we hadn't ordered pancakes. We hadn't planned pancakes. We'd toast and cereal was our budget. And I was just like, oh, I don't even know what you're on about. So I went and had breakfast, um, came back to get um, changed and gave a shower. And I, I look in my bag, and I kid you not, there's like 30 packets of half-frozen pancakes. And they were like, we, we didn't want you to miss out on the pancakes, so we gave you a whole lot of pancakes too. I'm like, what are you guys on about? And it suddenly occurred to me that there was a Girl Guides Jamboree on the other side of Finlay Park that had probably been <laughs> fundraising for the, the last nine months to get to camp who were not eating frozen pancakes that morning. You know, uh, another thing that happened was um, for the majority of camp, Jen kept saying like, where's my glad wrap? Where's my glad wrap? I don't know where my glad wrap is. And in my head, I'm just like, Jen, you probably just didn't order glad wrap. Like, what are, you, what are you even on about? There's so many things happening at the moment. You probably just forgot it. Anyway, I wake up on the, the last morning of camp, and guess what? My car is glad wrapped, completely <laughs> covered and glad wrapped. Crazy. You know, needless to, to say, I, I got them back really good, um, but I'm not going to incriminate myself across uh, the pulpit this morning. You know, who, who enjoyed uh, Joel's message last week on hope? What an incredible word that was. I, I strongly urge you, if you did not listen to it, to, to listen to the podcast, to take notes and apply it to your year this year and the years to come. It, it really was one of those um, words for our church, um, so you guys need to um, get a hold of that. And it's, 
actually based on that message that I thought I would do a bit of a follow-up message. And this morning I'm, I'm going to preach on faith. We all need more faith, right? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith shows the reality of what we hoped for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for, and it is the evidence of things we cannot see. And the, the title of my message this morning is Two Realities. Two Realities. You know, every morning we wake up, we're encountered by a reality that we can see. We're, we're encountered by constraints that we face. We're encountered by constrictions that are a part of our lives. We're encountered by situations, circumstances, which often we have very little control over. And yet Christ says that through faith, there can be a different reality. Christ says that through faith, you can make a choice to say no to some things in your world and instead believe for a different reality to be at work in your life. Why don't we open up with prayer this morning? And, and what I want us to do collectively with your eyes closed is for everyone to, to press in in prayer this morning. I, w I want you guys to, to pray at the same time as I'm praying because faith isn't something that kind of takes a back seat. Faith actually makes you bold. Faith makes you confident. Faith makes you want to conquer in life. And so when I'm praying, I want to hear your voices raising up too. As I'm praying, I want you guys to be believing, to be pressing in for the things that God would have you encounter this year. Heavenly Father, God, we, we pray believing for so much more in 2020. 2019 might have been a difficult year for so many people. And yet through faith, God, we can believe for so much more in 2020. So many people in this congregation perhaps face situations and circumstances which have, have left them wondering what next God. And yet faith describes a, a potential reality which can be far beyond what they have experienced. Father, would you, God, fill them up supernaturally with faith this morning? Would faith rise? Would, would hope to dream happen again? Father, would you give them a voice again of expectation? Would you, would you help them to want to press and to want to ask you again for the things that you have placed on their lives? And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. So the scripture we're going to come around this morning is found in 1 Kings uh, chapter 18, starting at verse 41. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, go and look out to sea. The servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Who's ever kind of like just kind of stretch your truth just a little bit to like appease your bosses? <laughs> do, you, do you guys do that at times? It's, yeah, like when, 
the youth have had like a really bad night and they've covered the roof with tomato sauce and Joel's like, oh, I hear there's, you know, a bit of damage in the church. Oh, don't worry about it, Joel. It's fine, mate. It's, it's all good. Nothing, nothing's kind of happened. You know, you're all right. You're all right. Anyway, I digress. Then Elijah shouted, hurry to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the, the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. You know, for three and a half years, the, the people of Israel had lived with the reality of drought. They, they had lived with uh, a set of circumstances which perhaps would have felt dire. I can imagine for maybe the first couple of weeks and months and six months on, uh, it would have seemed hard, but maybe they, they might have been able to have pictured a, a way through or, or some way that they could rise up again. But as the years dragged on, I, I wonder what the perception and hope was within the people of Israel. You know, for... Three and a half years earlier, this whole drought actually came about because of the decisions of, of some of the leaders. So King Ahab had married this Phoenician woman, which you, who you might have heard of, called Jezebel. And, and Jezebel was um, the, the daughter of a, a priest of Baal. And, and, and what had happened is, through this alliance, the, the worship of Baal and Asherah had actually risen within the, the nation of Israel. And the worship of Yahweh had fallen on its wayside. And so there came a point through the prophet Elijah where the God, God our God, essentially sits on his hands and he goes, well, if, if you're putting your faith and your trust and your belief in these other gods, then let's see how they provide for you for the next three and a half years. You see, the, the prophet of Baal and Asherah were actually gods of thunder, gods of rain, gods of fertility. And so what God was saying was, if your faith and your, your trust is in these things, let's see what the fruit of that trust and belief actually is. And so God withdraws from the, the situation. Elijah disappears. The voice of God and the nation of Israel disappears, and chaos ensues. Brokenness ensues. Heartbreak ensues. Poverty ensues. And really, this is a picture of uh, society and, and people that, that don't have Christ in their lives, that, that don't have the, the voice of God in their worlds. You see, so much of society puts their faith and their trust in, in so many good things, and yet the fruit of those decisions long-term is always confusion, heartbreak, and loss. Whether we're aware of it or not, the, the voice of God, the, the presence of God in our lives, no matter how hard things can be, is essential for our lives. You know, just before this passage, you, you might have been familiar with uh, a showdown that happens. So uh, Elijah, he, he turns back on the scene and he says, I want to verse all your, your prophets to a showdown. I, I want to verse the 950 prophets of Baal and Asherah to a, a contest. And, and how it's going to look is, you're going to build a, an altar and a sacrifice to your gods, 
and you're going to ask him to call down fire. And then I'm going to do the same, and I'm going to ask for my God to call down fire. And, and the God that answers is the one true God. And so for the whole day, the, the false prophets are cutting themselves, they're, they're chanting, they're efforting for their gods to, to hear their cries and to come through with fire, and, and yet nothing happens. And then Elijah turns up, he, he kind of antagonizes the prophets just a little bit. Who, who, who likes being a non-PC Christian? Who, who actually likes being a non-PC Christian? Like, if, if there was ever evidence, this, this would be one of the evidences. You know, Elijah, he starts teasing them about their gods, like maybe having a nap, um, maybe gone to get something to eat, or, or even relieving themselves. Like, how awesome is that? But anyway, he, in a simple short prayer, says, God, would you hear me? God, would you reveal to the people that you are actually God? And fire comes down immediately, and there's this big uh, time of, of holiness where the, the people suddenly realize that their faith and trust had been in things outside of the one true God. And what happens is uh, there's a big purging of the nation. Um, all the false prophets are rallied up and, and slaughtered, also very un-PC, but anyway. And, and, and there's this big turning of the people back to Yahweh. This is... Um, Actually, we'll, we'll keep moving on. We'll keep moving on. It's, it's this incredible, powerful moment where it, it demonstrates really a perspective of what Christ did for us. And I'll, I'll read you this passage. It, it puts it beautifully in the message version in Romans 8. With the arrival of Jesus the Messiah, that fateful dilemma is resolved. Those who enter into Christ, being here for us, no longer have to live under a continuous low-lying black cloud. A new power is in operation. The spirit of the life in Christ, like a strong wind, has magnificently cleared the air, freeing you from a fated lifetime of brutal tyranny at the hands of sin and death. But if, if you and I were completely honest with ourselves, despite all that Christ has done for us in paying the price for, for sin and breaking the power of death over our lives, we, we find ourselves having our own moments where we're sitting up on the Mount Carmel of our lives. We, we can look behind and, and we can see everything that Christ has done for us and yet still be surrounded with drought. We, we, can, we can sit in a location where we're, we're thankful for what Christ has done for us and yet we haven't yet received the promises that God has spoken to us to receive. You know, I, I want to show you a, a couple of video clips this morning. Who, who likes Charlotte and the Chocolate Factory? Who, who likes Charlotte and the Chocolate Factory? The movies. The movies. Not, not the modern one. The modern one kind of sucks, I reckon. But um, the, the old school one. So we're going um, to watch two video clips. And, and the first one um, paints a picture of... Life for, for Charlie Bucket and his grandpa Joe before um, a golden ticket is revealed to them. And it's beautifully um, described with cinematography of, of dull colors of, of, of a group or a family that are, are living with constraints almost outside of their control. 
They're, they're living in, in a uh, poverty-stricken um, world where there's little or no hope of actually moving ahead in life. And then the, the golden ticket arrives. And, and then the, the second video clip that we're going to watch is Charlie and Grandpa Joe entering Willy Wonky's, Willy Wonky, Willy Wonka's <laughs> chocolate factory. Um, and, and all the, the delights and realities of a new reality. So why don't we um, watch those video clips, Diane? Look at me. Up and about. I haven't done this in 20 years. Oh. Grandpa! I never thought my life could be anything but catastrophe. But suddenly I begin to see a bit of good luck for me. Cause I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden twinkle in my eye. I never had a chance to shine, never a happy song to sing, but suddenly half the world is mine. What an amazing thing, cause I've got a golden ticket. It's ours, Charlie. I've got a golden sun up in the sky. Slippers, Charlie. I never thought I'd see the day when I would face the world and say good morning. morning. Look at the sun. I never thought that I would be slapping the lap of luxury, cause I'd have said... It couldn't be oh, done. But it could be done. Ooh, the cane, Charlie. Ah. <laughs> Here I go. <laughs> Watch my speed. <laughs> oh. Oh. I never dreamed that I would climb over the moon in ecstasy, but nevertheless, it's there that I'm shortly about to be. Because I've, I've got, got a golden ticket. I've got a golden chance to make my way. And with a golden ticket, it's a golden day. But nevertheless, it's there that I'm shortly about to be. Cause I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden ticket. I've got a golden chance to make my way. And with a golden ticket, it's a golden day. Stop! It says the 1st of October, that's tomorrow. Jumping crocodiles, Charlie. We've got a lot to do. Call me your hair, wash your face, polish your shoes, I'll and brush your... I'll everything, Dad.
hold your breath. Make a wish. Count to three. Come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. If you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do is want to change the world. There's nothing to it. Hurry up, pilot. This way, Grandpa. no life I know to compare with pure imagination. Living there, you'll be free if you truly wish to be. Teacup. It presents two quite stark realities, right? It, it, it creates a, a contrast of a reality for a, a boy that was one of constriction of, of one where perhaps there couldn't be a future. And yet the, the golden ticket really 
symbolized an opportunity for him to, to step into a, a different reality. You know, my confession to make for 2020 is, I think I need to be delivered from YouTube surfing, eh? I, I have spent endless hours on, on YouTube in the last couple of years. And, and these were a, a couple of the comment sections that I loved from these videos. I, th I thought you'd quite like them too. Grandpa lies in bed when there's work to be done, then gets up and dances for free chocolate. It sounds a bit like the teenagers, right? I, I wish I could get a job to support my family, but I can't because I'm disabled. I found a golden ticket. I'm not disabled anymore. It's a miracle. Char Charlie's logic. Take a guy who pretended to be bedridden to the factory over his mum, who is the sole reason the entire family isn't on the streets. <laughs> Harsh. <laughs> and, and what about Willy Wonka pulling that poor child's hair, eh? Oh my gosh, how, how things don't translate over time in, in videos. You know, I, I wanted to have a bit of a heart-to-heart -heart with you guys as we finish off this, this sermon. You know that seasons of, of drought and, and an extended time of, of having to wait for the promises of God to, to happen, they, they have a way of infecting the way that we believe and trust God. You know, droughts in and of themselves or, or, or seasons of time where you've had to, to wait for God to come through for you, in and of itself is not the problem. The problem is when the, the drought gets inside you. The, the problem is when the, the, the circumstances or the, the seemingly shutting of doors infects its way into your thinking. You see, the, the beautiful thing about children is they have this incredible uh, ability to dream for the future, to conceive things which are almost unconceivable, to have an expectation that good things are going to happen. Kids have a way of, of asking right, even when the, the answer is no, or, or why no, why, why. The, the beautiful thing uh, about kids' personalities is they never give up, they never stop believing, they never stop trusting. And yet, as, as we become adults, I feel like we often, through situations and, and circumstances, lose the edge to our life. We, we, we stop asking God for things just because we haven't seen it happen. Or, or we stop dreaming for things because that reality hasn't come to life in our lives yet. We, we, we stop trusting God for the things that he said he would do and instead settle for less. We, we settle for the, the, the reality that we see around us. You know, if there was one thing I would love to see this year amongst God's people, that would be a heart culture and attitude of faith, a heart culture and attitude of faith, that no matter what you face this year, you would go to faith, that, that no matter what situation would arise against you or those around you, instead of being overwhelmed by the situation and circumstances, you instead would make a heart decision to go to faith, because it's in that space of faith that God moves. It's in that space of belief and trust 
that God comes through for you. And he is faithful. He will come through for you. Maybe not in your timing, maybe not in the way you expect, but he is a man of integrity. He will come through for you. You know, the, the beautiful thing about the prophet Elijah is he went through all of the same trials as the people. He went through the, the season of, of, of drought, of, of lack, but he, he never took that on as his identity. We, we see him up the, the top of Mount Carmel actually blocking out the, the physical stimulus to his life. Yeah, it's hot, it's dry, but I can hear a, a rainstorm coming. Yeah, maybe water hasn't been to our nation for, for three and a half years, but I can hear a, an incredible rainstorm coming. Maybe, maybe it feels like everyone's been against me. I'm the prophet. Everyone didn't like what I had to say. But I can hear God coming through for this nation again. You know, I don't know what each of your stories are like. I, I don't know what each individual person is facing right now. I know many of you guys, but not all of you. But God sees what you're going through. He, he actually sees what's happening. And if, if you could go to a, a space of faith this year where, okay, there's a situation where the rea reality is that you've got a kid that's going off the rails. But could you believe that, that God is bringing about restoration Maybe the, the, the physical circumstances around you in life are, are one of hardship and poverty. Maybe you could believe that, that God is bringing breakthrough for your finances this year. You know, maybe there's a, a family member that you've been praying for for not one year or two years or five years, but, but 10 plus years. Maybe this could be the year that the Spirit of God brings breakthrough in that person's situation and they come to Christ in a radical way. Maybe you've got a, a health concern that doesn't seem to shift. It, it screams to you every day a, a different reality. Could you hear a, a different reality of, of God bringing healing to your world? I wonder what the, the year could look like for you guys. I, I wonder what the year could look like for you guys. I'm, I'm super excited. You, you saw the, the youth band this morning. The, the prophetic words over our youth ministry has been actually revival, that, that high schools would be encountered. And the, the stark circumstances is we, we live in a nation where youth ministries are actually on the decline. That, that youth groups' um, sizes are, are shrinking, that, that teenage, teenagers are, are bound up in all kinds of stuff, of, of, of heartache, of social media, of broken relationships, of broken family dynamics, of drug and alcohol and, and bad relationships. But I, I actually hear a, like a rainstorm coming for youth. I, I hear a rainstorm coming in this nation for youth. What? What are the dreams, desires, 
plans and purposes that, that God has placed on your heart? What, what is the, the vision that God has given you that is so large, almost you cannot perceive it in your current state? Almost you can't see how that could actually come to pass. What, what is that for you? What is that for you? You know, I need to finish up, but why don't you close your eyes? I'd love to pray for you this morning. Heavenly Father, I, I don't need to, to rant and rave in order to create motivation or anything within your people. You're here moving already. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're speaking to hearts and minds, God, and you're topping up your believers with faith. God, as we shared this morning, seasons in and of themselves, even incredibly difficult ones, are actually not the problem. The problem is when seasons cause us to lose that sharp edge of faith in our lives. Seasons where it seemed like the answer is no. Seasons where it feels like you are distant, but you're actually close. Father, I, I pray in this moment, God, that you would recharge the faith levels of every believer here in your house. God, that they would start to believe again, that they would start to trust again, that they'd start to perceive again a reality far beyond what they could ever achieve. God, I pray that you'd give your kids boldness. I pray that you'd give your kids courage. I pray, God, that at any difficulty this year, at any situation where a circumstance would raise its head, that the answer in faith is no. I choose not to believe that reality. Instead, I go to faith. Instead, I choose to go to faith. Bless all your people here this morning, God. Amen. Oh, come on, let's give it up for Sue. What an outstanding word that was. Incredible. So good. If you would like prayer for anything at all this morning, then just make your way up to the front. Some of the team would love to lay hands and pray for you, maybe around uh, what Stuart shared or whatever. But otherwise, we're going to close the service. It's 10 past. So God bless you. Have an outstanding day. And uh, make sure you head to the cafe and connect. Don't disappear straight away.